Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Well, good evening, Emily. How are you today? Hello, Michelle. I am fabulous. Thank you. Fantastic. Is there something I need to know? You're like overly happy? You know, I'm just in good spirits. There's bubbles today. So, you know, that always brings a little extra joy to my life. Right. And yeah, just it's a beautiful day. Just really happy to be back in the studio. Yeah, I know. It always seems like forever. What about you? You look like you're sparkling today. Uh, well, I, sure. I mean, (laughs) I have had a good day and, uh, um, you know, there are changes afoot in the St. Louis County government. So that's always makes things uh, exciting and, and, uh, and the news world. So, um, of course when this airs, there'll probably be like in all more, more things that have happened. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so that was kind of, kind of interesting and, and reading the indictment, uh, all 44 pages of Steve Stanger. 44 pages. 44 pages. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow, that is staggering. Text messages, voicemails or like phone conversations. It's not it's not not looking good for him. Evidence I mean, has stacked up. Yeah, so wow. apparently he they pled guilt, I mean, uh, uh mm-hmm. not guilty today in mm-hmm. at the arraignment and mm-hmm. replaced, you know, he resigned and they replaced a uh, an interim St. Louis County executive that uh, just announced like, you know, 15 minutes ago, Sam Ooh, Page. You know? Oh, okay. Sam All right. Page. So that person, according to the charter, will serve until an election next year. Okay. No, no. I, and so actually, I think the election will occur later in 2019. There will oh. be a primary and, uh, and uh, an election in November to replace St. Louis County Executive, like to fill, to complete Steve Stanger's unexpired term. So when that per- new person is elected in the fall, then they would have two years left on uh, Stanger's term, and then that person could decide if they want to run again for right. election. So right. this person, Sam, Sam Page, is just the interim county executive. Mm-hmm. I mean, he may choose to run for it in the fall, right. fall, but right now, you know, county government does need to have an executive. They have signing powers and things Absolutely. like that. So, right. Um, well, hopefully hopefully this marks a new, better era. Uh, hope- for- yeah, hopefully. I, I, yeah. I think that... I, I, my personal thought is that I think there's a lot more to come, and it'll be interesting to see what uh, unfolds. Mm-hmm. So, if that's mm-hmm. the cause of my, you know, sparkling, your joy, <laughs> my joy today, today um, you know, possibly. But yeah, it, again, yeah. it's been a, it's a lovely day outside, and uh, we're fortunate um, that it's uh, you know so so nice. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and we're bubbles. here with an amazing, amazing guest. And in fact, this is a, a guest that right away when we started this show, you you had said to me that it would be a dream of you to bring our guest Regina on. So Yeah, I um I I was honored when Regina agreed to meet with us. And I'm mm-hmm. talking about Regina Sykes. And uh, for those of you who are not from St. Louis, uh, you may not be aware, but Regina lost her daughter, Monica. Um, her daughter was murdered by her boyfriend three years ago. And I first became aware of it because Regina was so effective with her Facebook and her Facebook mm-hmm. lives. And I remember, you know, I'm a mom too. And like just watching 
and listening to the 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 uh, franticness and like help me find my daughter this is not like her this is not like her and you know mm-hmm. and um and then i remember when they when they um found them or they arrested the um and and if i get any of this out of order i know regina will um uh correct us but arrested the perpetrator but they still mm-hmm. hadn't found uh, Monica's body mm-hmm. and still searching for that searching for that and so I was I was like completely enthralled with the story and wanting you know wanting mm-hmm. to know what happened and when our guest Isabel um, Raymond mm-hmm. said she was friends with Regina I, I said would you please ask Regina if she would meet mm-hmm. us and then would she agree to do our show yeah and she said yes to both and so welcome welcome to clearly speaking Regina yes thank you and um you know I I I too remember um I remember the videos and um I remember how it brought to light other issues that are happening here in in not just St. Louis but all around and so it really um you know it's a, a terrible tragedy tragedy that brought about attention on issues that need need to be better understood and need to be addressed. Right. And I think um, I think those uh, things have been going on for a long time, mm-hmm. but because mm-hmm. of uh, Regina's um, activism and a very, very adept use of social media brought it to more of our attention, you know, because we don't hear about the number of girls going missing in North County. Mm-hmm. We don't hear about that. Um, I remember, though, being aware of the videos being posted that you were doing of um, of trying to help find your daughter and then, like, hearing a, a, a news story about... Uh, a 13-year-old African-American girl mm-hmm. from the same area. And I was like, wow, they all seem to look alike. Mm-hmm. And so we're honored that you've agreed to come on the show, talk with us about, you know, whatever we want to talk about. But I know that we yeah. um, want to really hit on some of those, these, you know, the girls going missing and 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 St. Louis's rank and sex trafficking spots. And, mm-hmm. and just, you know, what was it, you know, in what was it like mm-hmm. that that helplessness yeah. so mm-hmm. um so but i know before we get like really 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 serious we have some champagne right <laughs> some we want to you know ease the conversation <laughs> in a little bit with uh with our good old friend um sparkling wine yeah so um today we are drinking a brut rosé made by kramer we featured uh their their uh just their blanc de blanc back around the holidays and they've now released a brut rosé so of course that made me do a little happy dance um, this is a, a, a French sparkling wine. I, you know, I've always been impressed with Kramer. It's such an incredible value um, wine. Um, they're not disappointing me here either. Uh, it's nice, tiny little bubbles on the nose. I get um, like this kind of right out of the gate, strawberries and cream kind of thing on the nose. Some nice cherry and cranberry, a little lemon zest. It has on the palate some great acidity and uh, some nice fresh tart cherries and just it's it's lovely what what do you think ladies i think this is fantastic i'm just sorry that we only have one bottle mm-hmm. because i i know i could drink this whole thing myself yeah. i know yeah Are you? i know this is really good yes <laughs> yeah my, my first yes first glass is already almost gone yeah and I, we're and we're just at the tasting phase right so <laughs> right i mean i'm glad that you have uh 
uh, master the art of equal pours here on the <laughs> See? podcast. There's some I value know. to that. <laughs> I know because this is so good. So I definitely would recommend uh, getting getting over to the wine merchant and grabbing a mm-hmm. couple bottles because I would have one of these always in the refrigerator. Absolutely. I think this is, you know, well under that $10 price point too. Yeah, it might it be in like, like $8. Eight mm-hmm. In Christmas time for the mm-hmm. for their sparkling at Christmas. So mm-hmm. yeah, this is definitely, definitely good. Um, as far as panties, I, it's, it's def, I've, it's like a, a very light, uh, uh, pink, mm-hmm. um, not really, you know, just like breathable, Mm-hmm. Uh, material, um, possibly very lacy, um, oh. but definitely a um, a light pink. That's elegant. what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that know. sounds lovely. Yes. Elegant, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not- yeah, Regina. What what kind of dance costume might this be? Mm, I think this would be nude color. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a nice nude color dance outfit, maybe. Oh, yeah. yes. I love it. And, and uh, uh, we asked Reg- um, Regina about the dance because Regina also is one of the one of the premier pole dancers in St. Louis. And mm-hmm. your um, your stage name is? Dark, Dark Angel. Angel. Mm-hmm. So that's Dark mm-hmm. Angel. And yes. you've been doing that for how long? For 10 years. Wow. Yes, I remember when we talked about that when we had tea a few weeks ago, and I was like, oh, "Really? What? What's your name?" And you said Dark Angel, and I was like, oh, "I've seen you yes. before." <laughs> <laughs> it was like it all clicked into place. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. the The pole community here is so um, strong, and it's such a a wonderful group of loving women that come together and support each other through just everything. Yes, it, it is. It absolutely mm-hmm. is. Yes. Yeah. So, and I think they were quite, they were quite active in helping you as you went through this Yeah, trauma, they were. Right? Yeah. They um, rallied around our family day one when um, I went on Facebook and said that she, that Monica was missing. It was my pole family that came to my house and that actually went with us the following day to start passing out flyers and looking for her. Mm-hmm. And then they just each day brought food to our house and made sure that we were taken care of right. as we were going through everything. What was the indication to you that Monica was missing? I, you know, she was 24, 25, 25 years old. And, you know, I don't talk to my daughter every day, um, you know, and she lives out of state. And so what, like, what made you think that, okay, this isn't right. She's, she's gone missing. She lived uh, with my oldest daughter. Okay. And even if um, she and uh, my oldest daughter were mad at each other, they would text each other and say, I'm still mad at you and, and Mm -hmm. leave it at that. But uh, my oldest daughter was the one that reached out to me. Uh, the the day after Monica didn't come home. So she didn't come home that Friday night. And my oldest daughter uh, called me and asked me, had I talked to Monica? Because she hadn't heard from her all day f- Friday. Mm-hmm. She hadn't talked to her. She had come in the house Friday morning, left right out. And Dana had not seen or heard from her since. And it was just unusual for her to go more than a couple hours without, without either calling my, my daughter or texting her. Now, we would talk every day or every other day, but she always called Dana multiple times a day. Mm. 
Very so close. Was, so that yeah. and that statement from Dana like put you on high alert then. Yes. Like you didn't go, oh, maybe she's maybe she's gone down to the beach or something with friends and didn't bother to tell us. I yeah, mean, no. It just Yeah. It it was unusual. And then when you would call her phone, it would just go straight to voicemail. Oh. Mm-hmm. So um that that was the other thing. And we knew even if she had her phone with her and it had gone dead, she would use someone else's phone. And she just had not reached out to anyone in the family, and especially my oldest daughter. So we were definitely um, concerned at the very beginning. Yeah. Did you call the police right away? Um, we, I ended up, I have a friend that I grew up with, and her husband is a St. Louis County police officer. So I called my friend's husband and told him what was going on, and he instructed me what to do. He's like, well, let's first, let's call all the hospitals see if she's there I'll check he he checked um to see if maybe she had gotten arrested because she never paid any of her tickets like her speeding tickets <laughs> right, or so parking those, tickets those yeah. red light tickets that oh, yeah. she yeah. never she never paid them she okay. she thought it was just stupid so she didn't pay him right so i was like well maybe they finally caught up with her and he um checked to see if she had been arrested maybe in the in the county or city and as he was checking that my family and i started calling around to all the hospitals to see if they either had her by her name or if they had given a description of her as Mm -hmm. well and um, there was no no sign so by the end of uh by saturday evening close to the evening we had um called the police and and went to berkeley police department and reported her missing did you know her boyfriend of at that time no my oldest daughter knew had met him he had been coming around and she had only been dating him for a couple of months Mm -hmm. but my oldest daughter knew him just by him showing up at the house and coming and sitting at the house but she really didn't know much about him either she we didn't have his name all Mm -hmm. we had was a nickname Mm -hmm. so we didn't know any Mm -hmm. much about the guy at all oh gosh yeah did you um reach out to all of her friends as well. I mean, you did ev- like everything yes. that you can think of possibly. Yes. I reached out to all of her friends, everybody's phone number that I, I had, I called. And she had called me the day before that Thursday, but she had called me from someone else's phone. Okay. So when my oldest daughter called me and said her phone kept going to voicemail, and I said, wait a minute, she called me from a different phone number. Let me go through my phone and see what numbers I don't recognize. So I did end up calling this one number that she had called me from, and it was this guy that answered, and I told him who I was and um, asked if he had seen her. And he's like, oh, no, I haven't seen her since yesterday morning. And that was that Friday morning. So that was the boyfriend you were talking to? No, it wasn't. So she was also seeing a a Berkeley police officer. Okay. And we had no idea that she was even talking to this guy. So when I called the phone number and the guy answered, and he's like, no, I haven't seen her, but let me check and keep in touch with me. But he never said that he was a police officer or anything. So as we're calling the hospitals and we've got our friend looking in the different police departments for her, he shows up at my daughter's house and uh, my husband calls me and he says, oh, your friend has done a really good job. He sent the police to Dana's house. And I said, no, he would never send the police to Dana's house without telling me. So we immediately, when I got home, we went over to Mm -hmm. my daughter's house 
And it was three police officers there. It was two detectives and the police officer that I had talked to on the phone. So I got out the car and so he, he was up. immediately concerned as well. Yeah. That's, he walked up yeah. and said, Hi, Miss Sykes, I'm I'm Robert. And we we talked on the phone. I'm Monica's friend. And I was like, hmm, okay. I'm, all right, I'm going to go with this. But it was the two detectives that said to my husband and I, you guys need to go directly to the Berkeley Police Department and mm-hmm. file a missing persons report. She doesn't have to be missing 24 hours oh, really? to file a report. Just go there and file. So we did go there. The police officer friend followed us there. He went and got another detective, a female detective, who came down and took all the information. How are you feeling during this time? I mean, what are like what? Do you, can you recall yeah, you, that you, at all? Were you or in it, or disbelief? Were you hopeful? Were you like in like, robot mode? Yeah, I mean, yeah. what? I think I was in disbelief, but I was hopeful. It's like, okay, let's just you know this this can't be happening, right? Mm-hmm. It can't be happening. There's something that's got to be something reasonable that's going on here, and. Um, it just it just kept spiraling out mm-hmm. each time. Like after we reported her missing, and the entire Saturday went by. The next thing I was like, "Oh, we've got to make flyers. Let's get some flyers together." And that's when I started the post on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And and as I felt a little bit embarrassed because Why? I was like, "This is my kid, and I don't know where she is." And now I've got to tell the world that I don't know where but she she's is. She's an adult, you know. Yeah. She's living her own life at that point, you know, working and has friends. Yeah, and, you know, a whole circle that. Parents aren't always included, right? Included yeah, in, yeah. And know? and I didn't. I never thought about that because with with my kids, with them, it was always if I call, if you don't call me at least once or twice a week, then I'm I'm going to embarrass you by calling all of your friends and <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to look for you and they're going to be upset. You're going to be upset. Everybody's going to be upset. But this is just how it is. Mm-hmm. So I, I always have been one of those moms where it's like I knew what was going on in my child's life even when they've become adults I yeah. knew and the first thing is that n- not to even know the guy's name that she was dating and then not to know that she had been dating this police officer it was just like I, it was this part this part of her life that you weren't aware of yeah and that caused you to feel embarrassed that yeah. you didn't know these things and, yeah but yet you still went ahead and posted on Facebook yep. it's like you know a lot of times as mothers and and people when we're with those that we love you you kind of like I know this is I know this makes me look bad, but I I mm-hmm. it, I have to do this anyway. Yeah, you're thinking you know? bigger and, than yourself. But you're only but only you thought it made you look bad. Yeah, I don't think anybody else mm-hmm. would have. Yeah, have ever thought well, she doesn't know what her daughter's doing. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I, um, and and it's unfortunate though that that's where our minds would have gone mm-hmm. as 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 women. Um, How much time had ha- passed before you started thinking? Um, okay, well, you know, this is this is really weird to maybe she's a victim of sex trafficking, maybe maybe even something worse. Like what how at what point did that really start settling in? I would say it it was a matter of days it started to settle in because 
I didn't know the boyfriend's name. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about him. And then I had pe- the the police officer, because I have friends that are police officers, they knew him. And I had people that worked in the court systems that mm-hmm. looked up his name. It was like, oh, this guy is bad news, too, the police oh, officer. The, oh, oh. So, so wow. it then became one of these things where it was like, I don't know if it's the boyfriend or if it's, you know, the police officer oh that's done something. And you, you, it's almost like you hope that, that, you know, that she was a victim of sex trafficking or that, you know, because somebody she could had still her. Be found, yeah, she right? could still be found. So it's like, I, I remember telling my family the whole time because my nieces and nephews and all my kids and my sisters, they were, everybody was distraught. I'm like, it's okay. We're going to find her. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I remember just being calm about it and just thinking, we're going, it's all right. We'll find her. We'll find mm-hmm. her. Did you feel like you had to stay strong like that for, to either stay together for yourself or, or also because of everybody that kind of leans on leaned on you and leans on you to help them not lose hope. Yeah. Like, yeah. And and still today, three years later, you know, you 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 go through in and out of, of mm-hmm. grief. I yeah. mean, um, yeah, that you didn't necessarily get to do back then, right? Right. Yeah. Because you had to yeah. stay 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 strong for everyone. Yeah. I remember when we met at the tea room, and you said that one of the most like it still st- stuck with me. It was like when you actually spoke to the boyfriend who en- who ended up being convicted of her murder, and he pretended like nothing had happened. Yeah. What could you tell a little bit of that for our listeners? What that was like for you? Yeah, yeah. And and it was one of those moments where I still had to keep myself together talking mm-hmm. to this guy because um, the first conversation that we had, I was just hoping that he would say, oh, she was hanging out with these friends and and he was willing to talk to me, which was kind of, when you think hindsight, it's like that's like kind of sick uh-huh. that he was willing to talk to yeah. me initially. Yeah, when did he, when did he come, start coming around? Did he come around like when it was well known that she was missing and did he kind of surface and come around or was it after you had suspected he was, guilty so here's here's with him he was at the same time she was missing in the very beginning so was he okay and we had his grandmother's phone number and my daughter had called and talked to his grandmother a couple of times and then all of a sudden the grandmother stopped talking the police had talked to the grandmother as well trying to find him and um it was maybe a week after she had been missing uh, we got a call from Berkeley Police Department saying that his car was found engulfed in flames in Blackjack, Missouri. Oh, my gosh. So um, w- we all were just like, okay. And, so and it was inside yeah. yourself. Yeah. 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 And, and they were like, well, nobody, there was nobody in the car. And it's like, okay. So why Burning would evidence? he set the car on right, fire? Right, exactly. But the the... Same day that he set the car on fire, my husband had posted the stock photo of the vehicle that he drives Mm -hmm. and said, if you see this car, call the police. My daughter's missing. And it was within a matter of hours. That the car was on fire. The car was on fire. Amazing. So um, then a few days later, after we had kept trying to call his grandmother and she wouldn't answer and finally my oldest daughter said she's never seen your phone number call from your number Mm -hmm. so I called the grandmother and she answered and I told her who I was I said I'm just trying to find my daughter and at the time 
her grandson was still missing, supposedly. And I said, do you want me to post fo- uh, posters of him, too? We're passing out flyers. Do you want me to? And she said, no. And I said, Here, we don't even know his name. Can you just tell me what his name is? Because the police, by that time, the police knew his name, but they wouldn't tell us. Interesting. Really? Why? I, I wonder why. Yeah. I, I, and from what they were telling us, they wouldn't compromise anything. Okay. So they didn't okay. tell us his name. So she told me his name. And I said, okay. So after I got his name, I went online and just started to see if I was friends with anybody with the same last name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the house that he was living in, we found the found the house that he was living in and um, near Kenlock. And I looked up on St. Louis County website to see who the owner was. And it was this woman's name on there. And I then went to Facebook and put in the woman's <laughs> name. And it came up. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I saw this woman and I saw that she was friends with some people that were good friends with me. So my one friend, I texted her and said, hey, you know, Monica's missing, the guy that she was dating. I gave his name. And then I said, his his aunt, I believe it's his aunt or his sister or somebody, he, he's related to somebody that's friends with you. How close are you? And she said, oh, I'm pretty close with her. So she then called the woman, wow. told her what was going on, and, and gave her my phone number. And she called me. And in all of this time where I'm talking where I'm talking to my friend and finding out that this is the aunt, the police end up arresting the guy that killed Monica, the the boy. So they found him and found. They him. found wow. him because he had been missing too, and all this stuff had been circulating in the news. And this woman called the police department and said, "Hey, you know that guy, that girl that's missing, Monica Sykes, that's missing in uh, from Berkeley, and the guy that that's her boyfriend. He's in my basement right now." Whoa. So was he hiding out there or what? He was hiding out there. He was his one of his brothers was this woman's foster child at one point. The brother is now deceased, has been deceased for about four years. Okay. But he went to this woman's house because she has a son around the same age and he was hanging out with the son. And the woman saw him and she was like, She she said she knew he was bad news, but she was like yeah. She called the police, said, come mm-hmm. and get him. Well, the police went to the house to get him, and they went to the front door, and he tried to go out the back door. Oh, wow. well, that's... <laughs> and and the, yeah. the ironic thing is that all this is going on, He's he had warrants out for his arrest from several years, about five or six years ago. He was on uh, probation, had what violated that. What was that crime? That crime was um, illegal use of a firearm. Okay. And this is where he had this girlfriend that he had actually shot at. Oh my gosh. And um okay. he was on probation, didn't report in, so they had he was they had reason to to have him in jail. Yeah. They had reason to pick him up. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. unrelated yeah. to Monica's mis yeah. um, disappearance and so so is the question um why was he out? Yeah. And or how lo- why did it take them so long right. to pick him up? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. And and so he he they arrested him, but they didn't arrest him on anything pertaining to Monica. It was because of the warrants. Right. So when Berkeley police finally got him in, um, he he said he didn't know where Monica was and mm-hmm. he hadn't been with her and all of these things. So once he was arrested, I got in touch with the aunt and we talked and the aunt is a, an attorney. Okay. And she said, "Well, I can. I 
I'm not on his list to go and visit him, but I can go as an attorney and talk to him. And once I talk to him, is it okay if I give him your number? I will have him call you. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, sure. So it was like maybe a week that passed that I hadn't heard from the aunt, hadn't heard from him. And what's the total timeline now from like when she went missing to this point? Approximately... Two about two and a half weeks. Wow, that seems like yeah. a, like as you're describing it, I'm thinking these are months mm-hmm. and months that are going mm-hmm. by. But I mean, you didn't sleep at all during no. this time, did you? No. Wow. No. Wow. So the the first time that so the aunt called me, I was leaving pole class, and the aunt called me and said, "I'm sorry it took me so long to get back with you, but I did go visit him, and he's going he's going to call you today." And I said, "Okay, that's fine." And I'd say within maybe an hour, he called me and I I just had to like mm-hmm. stay calm mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, the police didn't know that he was going to call me. I didn't know. So it's like, think of all the questions that you need to ask him yeah. to see if he'll like say, give Reveal more anything. anything. Yeah. yeah. So I did ask him, I was like, did you see Monica, you know, she no, she's been missing for a while, and he's like, no. But he, the thing is, is that again, hindsight is twenty twenty. He had detailed like information, such as, yeah, well, I was supposed to pick her up that day, and this was like weeks later, right? I was supposed to pick her up that day, but she um, she didn't call me back, or she she wasn't answering her phone. Is what he said. She wasn't answering her phone, so I didn't pick her up. And so I said, well, do you know who she would have been hanging out with? Are there people that, you know, he's like, no, just her sister. That's all. And then he asked, could he talk to my daughter, Dana? Well, can Mm -hmm. I call? Can you give me Dana's number? Can I talk to Dana? I said, no, she's upset and sad and missing her sister. Why would he want to talk to Dana? I have no idea. Did he think he was going to start dating her? I have no Mm -hmm. idea. So so we, we ended it with, I said to him, okay. I said, I'm not going to give you Dana's number, but if you think of something that you need to tell me about, remember anything about where Monica is or where she could be, I'm going to leave money on my phone and you you can call me back. So if there's something that you feel like you need to tell me, then give me a call back. Mm -hmm. So I guess it was like maybe a month had passed. It may have even been longer than that. And you're still looking for Monica We're every day. You're still posting every day. Every day. Yes. You're, I mean, you're trying to have a regular life. You're yes. trying to go to work. You're trying to prepare food for the family. You're trying to just stay sane, yeah. right? Yeah. But your heart and your your whole body is just torn up inside, isn't it? Yeah. Are you suspecting at this point that he has had a hand in her disappearance? Yeah, and, yeah. it was December 8th. The police called my husband and I, Berkeley police called my husband and I in and sat us down and said, we want to brace you because we believe Monica is dead. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, I looked at my husband, I was like, what did they just say to me? Mm-hmm. What did they say? Why would they say that? Yeah. So he's, my husband's sitting there trying to keep it together but I'm like, what? you guys are lying. You're like, no, why? she's not. Why, why are you saying yeah. she's dead? Right, right. And they just said all they were like, we just want to brace you that we think yeah. she's dead. And then they said we have credible witnesses that have uh, to- g- given us information, and we believe th- what they're saying. And I, and I said, well, who who would do this to to her? And the female detective said, some it's just somebody that's heartless and cold. 
and just doesn't value human life. And I said, well, where is she? If she's dead, where is she? Right. Because now you want to. Right. And they're like, we don't know. We can't find her. And and I said, okay, well, then we're not going to give up looking for her then. We're going to keep looking for her until we find her. So was there like a a piece of you that said because they hadn't found her body yet that you thought, oh, okay, maybe Mm -hmm. she's still she's still alive. Mm -hmm. I got to hold on to that hope. And she's alive and 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 um, and we're just going to keep looking. But you you did. You guys searched almost every day. Right. I mean, you your groups of people, um, the pole community, you know, walking with you through the fields, abandoned houses. Yes. And and. um. And how many months went by from the time she disappeared to when she was found? So five months went by. Oh, my word. Yeah. And at December was just three months in? Yes. And so you had two more months, winter time. Yes. Um, gosh. Yeah. And, and then if you don't mind me asking. How did you, well, yeah. I'm curious, like, how did you know where to look? So um, apparently the the one of the guys that was... The act, the witness that actually nailed, put the nail in the coffin for him, um, knew that he had he had told the guy that he had dumped Monica's body in Kinlock. Okay, he told the guy, and um, so was he like bragging about this, or was he just confiding in a friend? Like what no, was happening? Because they weren't there? that great of friends, and the the guy that he told. Um, just was like he he came there. He, it was him and his younger brother. So this guy and his younger brother, the younger brother was the one that set the car on fire. Of the oh. of the killer, yeah. His brother set yeah. set the car on fire yeah. to erase evidence. Yeah. We must think. Yeah. So 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 the guy that um, he confessed to actually said that 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 the killer had been drinking and was high and was just like just kind of telling him you know matter of factly what he had done I, like that's what i did the other friday something so it's very yeah. like not not yeah. any feeling about it so was this was this a, a crime of like jealousy was he jealous we she believe was so so else? so what as we were going through the trial and as we got more information what we found out was that he was down the street from my daughter's house sitting on the corner. And so when Monica had spent the night with a police officer, the police officer dropped her off that morning. And the guy had been sitting down the block waiting for her, waiting oh for her to come home. Oh, my gosh. So okay. um, they and the police said that the guy that he confessed to said that they got in the car and he and Monica got into an argument and they were over in Kenlock and she went to get out the car. He had stopped the car. She went to get out the car. And when she went to get out the car, he shot her in the back of her head. Oh my gosh. And then dumped her body and did. Yeah. And he's in jail now for life. Yes. And we're not saying his name because I don't think he deserves to be, to be named. Um, Gosh, yeah, that is that's so hard, and you mm-hmm. know, and you sat there at the trial mm-hmm. every day and looked at him, you know, I, I don't know how 
you maintained composure because I think maybe in your brain, it would have been in my brain that I would have murdered him four or five times over every mm-hmm. single time mm-hmm. that I looked at him, you know? Yeah. I'm curious if there are other women. So th- if there are other women that maybe he, mm-hmm. he murdered, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know about murdering, but he did have a girlfriend that I talked to and he, that's why he had the gun charges was because of her. He, um, she said he used to beat her and keep her locked in the house. Oh, my God. And um, the house that he was staying in at the time was in Kenlock, and his grandfather owned the house, and it had bars on the front door. So when he would leave, he would lock her in with these bars on the front door. Oh, my gosh. He kept her hostage. Yeah. And how old was she? Was she about Monica's age? She. This happened, she was 17 at the time. So wow. this happened some years. This happened almost, it was almost 10 years ago. That, that happened, it happened her? with her. Because she, and when she reached out to me, it was on Facebook, and she asked, could I talk? And she told me who she was. And um, when I saw her, she look so her and Monica could be sisters. Really? Did she reach out when you were still looking for Monica? When did that or was it when he was already um Yeah, she it wasn't she reached out to me I'm trying to think it was after after we had been told that Monica was dead by the police. So it was months. Okay. Months. And I and I actually believe it was she reached out out to me after mm-hmm. they had went ahead and pressed charges against against him and the grand jury had yeah. indicted him. Um, but uh, Emily's question of or, like were there other women that had been we know of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, how old was was the um, the killer? Twenty nine. So he was just a couple of years older. So um, I mean I I would. I mean, I watch a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. Law and Order, so it makes me an expert, right? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would suspect that there are other women who have been kept against their will by him. Yeah. Uh, and, and I am, um, and you, yeah. how, you just wonder, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. how do you keep your kids safe, right? You know, like how, right. do, how do you, you know, how do you say no or, I mean, just, there was really nothing you could have done no. to stop this, the circumstances that were, were coming along because, you know, she's 25 and she has a life and mm-hmm. you don't know who people are going to meet. And, and I mean, and then the whole time you're going through this and then also like discovering that this, the problem of girls going missing in North County and in Berkeley mm-hmm. is is like a sincere, severe problem. Mm -hmm. And it's not getting talked about. No, no. No, it's usually on social media that I see a plea. Like I very rarely do I see... Again, I don't watch a whole lot of news either, you know, unless Mm -hmm. there's a county executive that gets indicted. (laughs) They don't watch a lot of the local news, but it is on Facebook. But even then on Facebook, you know, those those algorithms are designed and and monitored and managed by, you know, Mm -hmm. by the Facebook gods, you know, and what, Mm -hmm. you know, you you don't know who's going to see your post. I mean, that must have been, you must have felt like the most helpless you've ever been in your whole life. Yeah. Yeah, and and you think that you go to the police and they're going to do their job, right? Their job is to protect and serve. Right. So what I said to them was that my daughter was not protected, so now you have to serve her, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say two days in, 
my husband and I were like, okay, we, we need to get this on the news. She's missing. We want to get it on the news, not just on social media, but we want it on the news. So we went to the different news stations, and at that point, they refused to now, why was that? share because they said it had to come from the police. So there had to be Otherwise, a they'd have everybody coming yeah. with their pictures of their kids who are missing. Right. And we can't have that, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Can't possibly yeah. have, you know. Just anarchy, right? Yeah, all these all yeah. these parents of missing yeah. pe- missing kids, you know, cuz they're most likely just runaways, right? Right. Yeah. Is that w- was that I have so many questions. <laughs> was that kind of the the treatment that you got did they did they say oh maybe she's just hiding from you, you know, do they not once no. did the police ever do that. Oh, and, that's I, good. and I'm so grateful because of the woman police officer or detective that we had. She was just so diligent and mm-hmm. she believed us from day one oh, from good. day one she she was like this is not one of those things where you know this family is not going to go away and this is unusual and it's unusual that the entire family be, because it wasn't just my husband and I it was my husband my daughter uh two of my sons my mom we all went to the police department yeah so yeah, it was, it was one obvious of, yeah. that there's this community of love around her yes yeah yeah yeah. Well, okay. I'm not. I'm going to play devil's advocate. It shouldn't. Ma- it shouldn't require an entire no, village shouldn't. to show up no. to make to have the like, people their lives be valued and worthy mm-hmm. of yes. of figuring out where they are and what what's that happened. Yeah. I mean, that's you know. Thankfully, you had the female detective. Yeah. I I don't know what how yeah. how different it would have been if they'd all been males. Yeah. And even with um, the the news stations by them turning us away, we went back to the Berkeley police department and at the time the acting chief of police we were like can you please just call the news stations do a press release Mm -hmm. do whatever it is and he kind of like I'm not uh, so sure well and it's like no you you need to do this so at that point I told my husband I was like screw it we're just gonna make I'm just gonna blow everything out the water we're going to the FBI I'm mm-hmm. going to St. Louis County. I'm going everywhere I possibly can. And they are not going to f- forget her name. They're not going to put her in a database and just forget about her. Mm-hmm. So after we kept going to the police department and finally he sent the press release. And then I started to get in contact with um, different news stations. But um, it was one paper here that had published it. And it was a, a, a reporter an uh, African-American woman, and she reached out to me, and she's like, how come we haven't reported on this? And wow. she's like, I saw it in this newspaper over here, but how come I, How come we haven't reported? I was like, you tell me. Mm-hmm. You tell me. Right. Because yeah. it's not like I've just been, like, excluding you guys. Right. You know, <laughs> right. I haven't been like, oh, I'm only give this scoop to mm-hmm. this paper or this scoop to that paper. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, um, there's, there's, like, so many things about, about your experience and the situation and and um, the frustration mm-hmm. and then the sadness on top mm-hmm. of that, you know, I mean, Monica was a 20, 25 years old, yes. mm-hmm. you know, had a whole life yeah. ahead of yeah. her. And some person who doesn't value life, like the detective said, right, mm-hmm. has heartless, doesn't value life. just wanted that life to be all his. Right. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know. Yeah. And obviously he had done that to other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And I mean. Yeah. And, that and, the the other woman that he had controlled must feel like 
so lucky she got away. Yeah, and that's what she told me. She said, I wish I had met your daughter because I would have told her to run as soon as she met him, run in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And even as he's, as we're going through all the different hearings and he tried to get a bond reduction and all of that, she would call me and say, I heard that he's going to get out. I said, oh, honey, he's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. He, he And they had him on a million dollars bond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like even with a bond reduction, he's not going anywhere. And it's probably safer for him to be in jail than to come out on the street. Mm-hmm. My yeah. my hope would have been that let him out. Go ahead. Right. Let him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um and then we don't know anything. Yeah. yeah I, I don't I know, know who that is. Yeah. Sorry he went missing. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah, uh, the whole time through the trial. And the the sentencing, did you did you speak? Like, you know, sometimes the sentencing, mm-hmm. they let the family have in, victim impact statements. Yes. Did you get up and speak? Yes. Um, for each bond reduction, uh, the judge allowed us to, one of us or whoever wanted to come up to talk and say why his bond shouldn't be reduced. And then um, when the trial, at the end of the trial, no, it was before the sentencing, yeah. once they found him guilty, um, they asked if we have any statements to make. And I was like, oh boy, do I. Yeah. So I'm curious, Was had she been found when the trial began and when he was like, you know, had that all happened? Yeah. 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 Okay. So she went missing October 28th of 2016. Mm-hmm. Um we Texas EquiSearch came to St. Louis and did the did the search in Kenlock, Missouri, and that was in late February, early March. And once they found they found remains, but they did not know who they belonged to. Right, so mm-hmm. they initially told us that it would be anywhere from a year to eighteen months before we would know who the remains. Know. Yeah. Really? And because she hadn't had like any medical problems, hadn't she wasn't like, I, yeah we didn't, didn't have, have dent, like her dental records right we or, didn't have any of that wow that's why they said it would take so long so again the the woman detective knew someone in California she reached out to a friend of California Department of Justice and they took the remains and did the DNA and they mm-hmm. had to do it on bone because that was all that was left wow. and um they got DNA for myself and the kids my other kids and um it was I, they told us that it would take about 6 weeks so it was 6 weeks to the day wow so on um March 28th which is my youngest sister's birthday they told us that the remains belonged to Monica can you describe how you felt that day? I I have to admit when I when, when the police called us in, I I knew. Mm-hmm. I just walked in and the woman detective wouldn't look at me. Mm. And she was always the one that like made eye contact and she clearly had been crying. Mm. And um the other guys were just kind of looking down, and and I was like, I I know, I know. Yeah, it's not the news that yeah. anybody wants to deliver. No, no yeah. never. Well, let's take yeah. let's take a quick a break. break. Um, let's put some more bubbles in our glasses, mm-hmm. and um, we'll come back. Let's talk about how you've taken this tragedy and 
turn it into a vocation, Monica, Monica's voice, and 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 mm-hmm. let's talk a little bit more about you know there's there's missing girls out there that don't mm-hmm. have families out there looking for them like mm-hmm. you did. So yeah. um, we'll be right back. Thank you for letting us take that little break. break. Yeah. Um, I'm curious if, um, have you ever had any kind of median kind of contact with Monica? Have you ever done anything like that? I have not, but it's, it's funny that you say that because there was a lady that reached out to me on Facebook. She inboxed me and it was right after we had found out that the remains were her. And the woman inboxed me and she's like, I just want you to know, I don't want anything from you, but your daughter has reached out to me. Because I would always say, um, mm-hmm. what would I call my, my precious daughter? And she was like, she she wants you to stop calling her precious and say oh she's beautiful. Gosh. Call her. And when I told my oldest daughter that, she's like, that is so Monica. <laughs> and then she started telling me, she was like, yeah. And, and then there, there's going to, uh, there's a baby that's soon to be born. It's a girl, and her name starts with a J. Well, my niece was pregnant, and I would say a few days before Monica's birthday, Jordan was born. Oh, wow. goodness. And she's like, she just wants you to know she's okay, and she she wants you to be be happy and stop calling her precious and call her beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> so now you call her your beautiful, precious beautiful. daughter. Yes. yes. Um, you know, when we met Aww. and we were talking about this and I so appreciate you coming on our, our podcast and sharing this. I mean, this is so, so difficult. Um, does, I don't think even in 10 years, it's still going to be a, a difficult mm-hmm. 15 years. I know losing a child and losing a child in such a violent manner um, stays with you. Yeah. But you said that during this time, you became more and more evident of like other other children, other girls that you know were similarly looking to mm-hmm. Monica um, were also going missing. And I remember hearing about like you know girls being taken from their bus stops, mm-hmm. you know. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and you had said that St. Louis is like top ten in sex trafficking. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I went online today and I did a little bit of research, and um, this is from a 2017 Fox Two Fox Two News report. But that there have been 219 boys and girls going missing from St. Louis since 2000, and 33 from Berkeley mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. Whoa! Yes. Oh my gosh! What the fuck, people? Yes. 33 girls. Berkeley's not a big town. No. You know? No, it's not. What is it about Berkeley that seems to be such a target area? I well, I don't know. And then I went through and I was looking at some other things, and um, there's a there's a page on Facebook. I think it's called um, Unity St. Louis or Unity mm-hmm. Alert. Yes. And then there's a search and rescue page also on Facebook, yes. and they had like a listing of like just in February alone, like the, to the children going missing, and like the the and what information that's on the form and yes. that for people to fill out. And and I was going just scrolling through the list, and all of the ages were born in like 0203, 0203. Well, my son's 15. He was born in 03. So you're looking at mm-hmm. a prime 
age of, well, they're a little bit more mobile. Yes. And they are easy easy targets. Yes. And they are of, you know, sexual age. Yes. You know, um, I can't tell you how many on that list or runaways or, you know, had a drug problem or anything like that. But still, that's a lot mm-hmm. of children and we don't hear about it and we don't talk about it. Yeah. And, it, you know, unless it's on, on, you know, on social media. And then what are we doing? We're just sharing it, right? Right. But I think, I think the problem requires more than mm-hmm. just sharing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, that's a great start. But I, I'm, 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 a, I'm offended. I'm a, abhorred mm-hmm. that all of these yeah. children are going missing. And then, right? So I searched. I said, okay, like missing children in St. Louis. In 1993, the New York Times did an article: a town in terror as children disappear in Berkeley. Hmm. 1993. Oh my gosh! Wow. So this has been. Yeah. This and, is, and the line, someone is stealing and killing children. Oh, my god! The gosh. police believe they may be tracking a serial killer. In the last month, two girls were abducted from different suburbs in northern St. Louis County and were later found slain. Mm-hmm. A third girl fought off a man who tried to pull her into a car. 1993. Yes. Yeah. And are there, is there, with these, with these girls that, you know, have been going missing. Is there um, a similar profile? Is this... So this article in 2000... I mean, sorry, 1993, I didn't say so much. Um, you feel mm-hmm. free to review it. Uh, but my my understanding from what I would just see on the current, mm-hmm. where they were all mainly African-American girls, mm-hmm. and they all sort of, you know, had, like, yeah. had a certain look about them. Yeah. So then I... Don't know if they're all being trafficked or if there is a serial killer mm-hmm. in North County. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. please enlighten. Yeah, a little bit of yeah. both. So, um, so Unity Alert was started by a guy um, that I met that was helping us search for Monica. So I know I know him well, and I'm actually on one of the administrators on that page. Okay. Search and rescue, we get a lot of the information. I say we because I'm a part of that too. We get a lot of the information from Unity Alert and then a lot of people reach out to us. But the majority of the information that we have comes from Missouri State Highway Patrol. So most people don't know that there is a missing persons, um, it's missing persons information that's in Missouri State Highway Patrol database. And if you go to their website and go to missing persons, you can find it. And it has in there and you can get the demographics of um, everybody that's missing. So it'll give um, information such as race, age. Uh, it says if they're a juvenile, if they're adults, if they're what actually municipality that they're missing from. So if it's St. Louis County, it's broken down by Berkeley, Ferguson, uh, Florissant. It's broken down by the municipality. So the information is there. So you're right. What do you do with that? Now that you have this information, and that's what I started to do. I went in there. I was like, you know what? Screw this. They're not going to just put her in a database and then forget about her. But most parents don't even know that the police are supposed to do that. And if you scroll through that database, it's supposed to have a photo of the missing person, and the majority of them don't have a photo. 
So oh. and people don't know, the parents don't know, or the loved ones don't know that you have to be the one to sign the waiver to provide a photo to give to Missouri State Highway Patrol. So just having that information of here's you know here's the statistics or here's that person's stats, here's you know mm-hmm. their weight, height, when they went missing, but not having a photo that's key. Right. So that's not even there to be able to pull that to say okay what's going on so that we can do a little bit more digging with okay these right. are are there similarities right these are kids that are under you know that's under this certain age and they're missing from this particular area and they look this way and we could do some research and digging Mm -hmm. into looking on social media to see if they have social media to see who they had been talking to what's how do you pull all this together and police aren't doing this Mm -hmm. St. Louis City is better at it okay and they actually have a unit around um uh, human trafficking Okay. They have a unit and they have a, a few officers that are assigned specifically for that. St. Louis County has just recently, I believe, set up a similar um, thing that St. Louis City has. All the other municipalities do not have that. And, and Berkeley, they don't give a shit. The mayor of Berkeley does not care. He does not well, care. Well, then, I mean, well, I mean... Thirty-three children right. missing from Berkeley alone. Right. Yeah, yeah. And you don't care. Yeah. He was angry with us, with my family, because we asked for Texas Equisearch to come in. It's embarrassing to him, yeah. isn't yeah. it? And that's making what he said. He bad. said this is yeah. making us Jeez. look bad. He met with my husband, my husband, myself, our attorney, and my dad. And he sat there. He couldn't remember my daughter's name. He, um, all he kept saying was that this made us look bad. They're finding what he uh. said to me, finding bones and stuff. And, yeah. and and this is making us look bad. bad. And so my Your husband and I decided, decided is, to play good cop, bad cop. Right. My husband's like, I'll be the bad cop. I, I'm like, okay. And I'm sitting there. He keeps saying he can't remember a name. And he keeps saying it's making them look bad. And I come across the table. I jump up. I say, say it one more time. Say her name. What is her name? And he's, he starts stuttering. And he says, it's making me look bad. I say, say it one more time. Say it one more fucking time. One more time. And my husband pulls me back and sits mm-hmm. me down. Like, no. He doesn't care. Yeah, his lack of concern is making the city look bad. These yes. statistics are making the city look bad. You know, he is making mm-hmm. the city look bad. Yeah. <laughs> He's got the wrong perspective there. And, and I, I, you know, I really feel that if there were 33 white children missing from Ladue, we would be having. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. It would. Yeah, there'd probably be, different... be like new legislation or something. Yeah. You know, that it would totally be a different. Approach and that's so unfortunate. That's such a such a um, mm-hmm. a horrible stain on our community that way. Um, but what do we do? You know, when is this mayor up for? I mean, up for reelection for one? What do you do as a citizen of Berkeley? I mean, there there's there's 33 mi- kids missing from Berkeley, and that's just the state. You know, but mm-hmm. there's 219 that have gone missing from St. Louis since 2000. What are all those parents doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, remember when? Um, oh. The young, the young boy that was abducted and then found however many years later. Yeah, Hornbeck. Sean Hornbeck. Sean Hornbeck, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he was hidden in Kirkwood mm-hmm. in plain oh, sight. right. For four, right. five years, was yes. it? Yeah. Yes. In a pretty visible house. Yeah. In a, an apartment. And, his, yeah. and the, and the yeah. abductor yeah. had him, you know, worked up at the, at the Emo's Pizza. Yeah. 
you know? So, so these kids could be just being hidden Mm -hmm. in plain sight or they're a little older now or whatever since Mm -hmm. they were taken or their bones or they're someplace else, but we have to give a damn. You know, in this day of technology where we've got technology to solve, that can solve so many problems, Mm -hmm. you know, you talked about Facebook and its algorithms, you know, I, I think about all these great crime shows and there, there's, you know, this technology that, mm-hmm. you know, processes this information and make connects these dots. Unfortunately, I don't think the real world is exactly working like that yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's fantasy and TV. But it does seem to me that having um, so- a software solution that could go in and read that database and do some facial recognition mm-hmm. if and they tie the these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tie these things together and mm-hmm. these stats. And it seems to me like having some sort of technical support mm-hmm. to help, I don't know, provide new possibilities to research seems pretty viable to me. Yeah. With the State Highway Patrol, just um, again, I'm, I'm asking if you don't know the answer, what do they do other than compile a database? Is there a unit that's then in, in doing this kind of research? Are you aware of? No, there's not. They they compile it, and, and that's about it. Um, we have worked with um, one of the um, guys that works for Missouri State Highway Patrol, and he was the guy that came here, Ron, I can't think of his last name. Sure, sure. But he... Um, he did the Ferguson. He was in Ferguson for a little bit, but we met with him. So what he's actually been able to do was work work at where now the parents or the loved ones don't have to provide, fill out this form to submit a picture. Anybody can do it. Okay. Uh, anybody can provide it. So he has actually increased the number of photos that are out there. And they've had some drives where um, they're like, okay, They've come into St. Louis and set up for a weekend and had people, if you have someone, a missing loved one, mm-hmm. and they're in the in Missouri State Highway Patrol database, please come and, you know, give us a photo. So he's tried to do that. But other than that, we really, there really hasn't been anything other than, like I said, they put it people in these databases and there's quite a few of them there's NamUs which is also um, a database that stores all the information around missing persons we've is got Is that like a, is that a local or is no, that a national It's a national yeah So a uh, NamUs is national so so all, but all of the information that goes into these databases, NamUs, Missouri State Highway Patrol, has to come from the local police department mm-hmm. Seriously yes. so that has to be the 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 channel. Yes. So they need to be diligent about collecting that information. Yeah. And if you have a, a mayor that doesn't care, then yeah. that's not gonna yeah. that's not gonna yep. be something where, you know, those those children are going to be Yeah. Um or those I people how far back some of those databases go, do you know? Uh, that I'm not sure how mm-hmm. far back. Yeah. Do you know if they've had any successes in finding some of these kids um through from the database at all? Uh, I think they've had some successes, and and I can remember right on the heels of once uh, we had found Monica, my my oldest daughter, who's a nurse, the nursing home that she works for in the city, they called looking for um, this guy because they said, well, he was reported missing, and um, the guy the entire time was in the nursing home. Had been oh in the nursing gosh. home, and I don't know. Somehow, St. Louis City got his name, got the information, and decided to call. And I don't know if it was because of maybe where he gets his Medicaid, Medicare, 
it, that's the payments are going to that particular nursing home, but they did find this guy. So they had started actively going through like the missing persons list mm-hmm. and found this guy. But this was in 2017 and the uh-huh. guy had been missing for like 10 years, had been reported missing for 10 years. And my daughter's like, they're just I'm now so- caring about him. Yeah, or there's a disconnect. I mean, he's yeah. still getting his medication, so his name is somewhere. Yeah. And you would think that, well, again, going back to technology, you know, I mean, yeah. if they if they can track that I'm near mm-hmm. some, like, five or six, you know, restaurants that can suddenly show up in my Facebook feed on my phone. Right. Like, oh, you, I mean, th- mm-hmm. my, there's got to be a better way. And we have to care about it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, it's, you know, when you were talking about my, my daughters, you know, they, 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 I, they talk to me every day or text me or, you know, you're so such a close knit family. And, and I, and I would say it was because you, that's a survival mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have that with, well, my own self growing up and with my kids, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't required. But then again, I didn't, I didn't live in an area that, um, that, um, that it was critical, Yeah, you know? Yeah. But it's still, and and I don't. I'm trying not. I'm not. I'm definitely not being callous with it at all. But I'm. I guess I'm trying to say is because it wasn't critical where I was growing up or my kids were growing up. We don't even. It doesn't even hit our radar screen that this mm-hmm. is what's going on mm-hmm. in our community. Yeah. And that's that needs. We we all need to know know these things because you know. We're so mobile and we're, mm-hmm. we're, you know, people cross municipality lines all the time, cross mm-hmm. county lines, cross mm-hmm. state lines. And if we aren't aware that this young girl at the Schnooks isn't really supposed to be with this person at the Schnooks, if we don't, if we don't, um, if we don't, cannot pick up on signs, mm-hmm. then we're not, we're not helping the yeah. most vulnerable. Yeah. I wonder if there should be, um, you know, you know, as we're educating our children, you know, we teach them a, wi- a wide variety of skills yeah. that maybe there should be some cues that uh, children in distress, you know, can can learn. Mm-hmm. So that way, if something like that happens, there's a subtle cue that they can share with somebody. Yeah, I don't know. Just, I, don't, I don't know either. I mean, yeah. you know, some of these kids are, you know, being taken from wait, their bus stop waiting, you know, yeah, just they're just gone, you know, and I like, what do you do? And I guess, you know, with what, what you're active in is getting information out to, to families. Yes. You know, um, with Monica's voice, you're actively help other families searching, correct? Correct. And, um, do you like, what's been like the most rewarding thing about it? And then if like, if what would be your ideal, an what ideal would help? be like you wouldn't need it at all, but like what would be what would help yeah. you with this? Right. So I would say the most rewarding thing that's happened that that's happened is that I've been able to go into schools, into high schools, and actually talk to not just young girls, but talk to to teenage kids, and just say, I never in a million years thought that this would happen. And in addition to this happening, here's what I've found out, too. So talking to them and saying, find if if you can't trust your parent or tell your parent who you're hanging with or who you're around, then find a trusted 
friend or somebody mm-hmm. that knows everything that they could possibly know about what's going on with the person that you're dating, where they live, all of these things. And just having those conversations and being able to share with them that human trafficking is not what people think it is. You you think it's that there's a creepy guy in the van that snatches these kids off the street, but it's not happening like that anymore. Some in some cases How it is, is happening? happening. What's happening is that they, they pull these they pull these young girls in and they draw them in with, Hey, you know, you're a really pretty girl. I think here I'm gonna buy you something. So they'll give them something really expensive. And then, you know, oh hey, you wanna go to this party with me? And the next thing you know, they then the girls owe them, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, no, remember I bought you those really expensive shoes or that nice purse. So now you gotta do something for me. And before you know it, they have started using drugs and they've got mm-hmm. them drawn in and they're selling them for sex. Wow. So, so it's that, but it's also um, knowing that it human trafficking can also occur, especially when they're younger girls, like the girl, the thirteen year old that was pulled off her bus stop, right? Mm-hmm. With her, nobody, she, her, her mom always, you know, she walked to her bus stop. It was fine. It was okay. But there's these vacant houses that that are around, and the criminally in, inclined know what to do, right? So mm-hmm. they drug her into a house and cut her throat and <sighs> luckily that people in the community were like nope we're not letting this go uh-huh. this kid is didn't just disappear she didn't run away and she was going to school yeah and and luckily the community came out and the searching people from search and rescue were like nope we're going in these vacant houses and we're going we're going to ask these people and you would think that with all the different cameras that are out mm-hmm. there Oh, the cameras don't work, so there's nothing that... So it's, you know, just foot to pavement where people are out there looking. So the most rewarding is being able to share with these kids that this can happen to you. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be an alarmist, but you need to be aware. Aware, right, exactly. Have your eyes open. Yeah. Yeah. And again, well, and you know, we have in the national news even that guy Jeffrey Epstein in Florida. I mean, oh, grooming gosh. and mm-hmm. targeting vulnerable, mm-hmm. vulnerable uh, mm-hmm. young people in the in a usually a, a lower economic standard. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. could he could woo them in and then you know mm-hmm. abused them and used them and yeah. and um, you know got mm-hmm. off with you know seven months in county jail yeah. um, and the. The yeah, that U.S. attorney them, is now right? the, the head of the Labor <laughs> Department. Yeah, it's yeah. awfully fantastic, you know, to be rewarded right. like that. But but you're right; it's a grooming, and so making mm-hmm. I guess making those the kids aware, and even adults, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Yeah. we joke about it when we're out dating, right? And you're like, okay, uh, here's a picture of the driver's license uh-huh. of the guy that I'm going to meet. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we say that like you know we joke at about it, but it's that it's still so so important yes. you know it's like because you know he might be a serial killer right yeah. mm-hmm. oh and i think he- it's always it's always you know you think about these various dating apps that are out there you yes. know people do not know who they're da- going to mm-hmm. to meet mm-hmm. and i think it's always important to share with a friend like oh <laughs> take a screenshot hey here's <laughs> yeah. who i'm going right. and this yeah. is where I- right i also another thing that I think is just a smart thing to pay attention to. And I've, all of my friends, I've mentioned this. Um, so anytime you get a, um, an Uber or a Lyft, mm-hmm. I am always hyper aware to compare the license plate to 
you know, the driver. Yes. Because I, I don't know if they fixed this problem, but there definitely was a period of time where there could be drivers in that driver pool mm-hmm. who can snap the screenshot, get the information, and then come up and pick you up. And, you know, if they're picking you up, mm-hmm. but they haven't said they're picking you up, they're not getting paid to drive you home. Yeah, They have bad intentions. And it has happened to me a couple of times where the, in fact, somebody gave me that alert of, Hey, watch out. And I paid attention to it and I had called the car and I noticed that the license plate was different. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know what, this is a different license plate. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm going to I'm going to wait. I'm not going to take this car. He got totally mad at me. was like, you know, threatened me like, you know, with all the, well, you're going to have to pay all these light frames and you're rating, blah, 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 you know, threw all these threats at me. And I was like, I'm not getting in your car. Yeah. And then sure enough, a minute later, he drove off. A minute later, the real Uber came up, mm. you know, and that has happened to me two well, or three the, times. The young girl, mm-hmm. I think in South Carolina, I, but I might be wrong with the state who got in the wrong car yes. and she ended up murdered. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that is, I mean. But I mean, the the thing, you know, the one, you know, the guy who murdered Monica, she knew him. She knew. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, and, and for me, that's like, that's the worst thing that has been the outcome of this is losing losing my daughter but the other thing is that my oldest daughter talked about him and she's like in the beginning she's like oh he was he was quiet he you know he seemed to be a nice guy I didn't really know much about him but you know he'd sit and watch tv and he was just quiet and I always say people aren't one-dimensional so Mm -hmm. if they're only showing you one side and they're not telling you about who their family is or talking about you know their past or any of that then that that's questionable too and mm-hmm. i have some friends that tell me you know well you know that maybe that's not true and maybe you give them a chance it's like i'm not no no i've mm-hmm. i've learned now no nobody gets you don't yeah. get a, a free pass yeah. because you're going to sit quietly you got to engage how right? is this um how has this affected your other your other children um it has been they it's been pretty bad for them pretty my oldest daughter, she talks about how she she cries a lot. And um, I know she's got four little boys, just had another, her fourth. Mm-hmm. But um, it hits her at all different times, and the boys notice it. And, sure. And she asks them, like, questions about, you know, what makes me happy, what makes me sad? And they all say that T.T. was killed. That that's what makes you sad. I I hope that this is the daughter that lived with. Mm-hmm. I hope that she doesn't take any. Like I hope she doesn't feel any kind of guilt over. You and, know, and I think she did for a while mm-hmm. because she and Monica were mad at each other, mm-hmm. and Monica had been out all night, came in, but she had been talking to her, and Dana was in the basement when Monica came in. And she was like, I was mad at her, so I didn't come upstairs and say anything to her. Yeah. The boys saw her, and at the time, Dylan was seven, six or seven, and he saw her get into the car. The car. Wow. He saw her get in the, wow. in the car, and he was adamant about, I saw her get in his car. 
And Dana's like, I feel bad because I should have come upstairs and I didn't say. And she heard her voice, heard Monica say, oh, boy, I'm tired. And she was like, that's the last I ever heard my sister's voice. Yeah. So she. Gotta be hard. Yeah. She she stayed through the entire trial, even when they showed like the crime scene. And and my husband and I got up and walked out. But my um, son, that's a school teacher, and my daughter, they stayed in the courtroom and saw mm. her remains mm. and my my daughter came out and she was just shaking yeah just mm-hmm. crying bawling um my oldest son who he and Monica were pretty close and she would like just call him and fuss at him about things that he wasn't doing right he has not been right since mm. um he my um our two youngest younger boys don't really talk about it much my the, the one of them lives in Atlanta and the other one that lives here he mm-hmm. he feels like he didn't protect her and that's what he said he said I know she was older than me but even in high school because they were a year apart it, but he's like even in high school if boys tried to talk to her I would stand yeah. up and you know he yeah. was ready to fight for her well and she was tiny yeah. too right? yeah he's so. like I didn't protect her does, does the state of Missouri offer any sort of like victim or like counseling or therapy for families yeah they have um, crime victims advocacy um, okay here in St. Louis they do offer That's that good. Yeah. okay and has have you did you I am still yeah, yeah I actually reached I have been going to them even before they found Monica I was like there yeah. I was like I need a counselor I need somebody to just right you gotta talk yeah yeah, yeah. and then um my daughter took uh the boys to um to to counseling as well she went for a little bit um my husband is in counseling but my my the other sons they don't mm-hmm. want to yeah they're tough right yeah <laughs> well because yeah. you know I I think it's hard um, for anybody to to try to make sense of tragedies and and the unexpected yeah. loss of a family member um, but I I just you know how do you how do you stay calm? How do you, or do you cycle through the stages of grief where there's anger and all, you know, mm-hmm. cause I, I mean, I, I could, I could see where even like a beautiful day, like today, you you just want to strangle yeah. the bastard, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, what, what are you doing for your, your self care on yeah. that? Yeah. Mostly for me, it's because I'm in the pole community and I dance and I love to dance and that's where I can just get out of my head mm-hmm. and I don't really have to think about what's happened, what's going on. I can just go and dance and I have access to um, the studio so I can go there like at lunch. I'll go there at lunch and just dance and it it gives me some sense of relief. But otherwise, it's like I I get to work in the morning and there are some mornings where I just have to sit in the garage at work and just cry and cry and cry mm-hmm. and then I'm like okay Regina you got to pull it together pull it together and then I have some days where I just can't get my shit together I just can't I sure. just can't so it's like I, it just takes everything every single meeting that I'm in I'm like I just want to get to the end of this meeting so I can go back to my office and cry right and and some days it's like nothing has gone wrong that day but it can be just s- something subtle and it'll make me think about her yeah. and her thing. She loved candy. Just <laughs> candy. <laughs> so I'm in Deerberg's one day and they had moved the candy section in Deerberg. So I'm walking through and I was like, oh, the candy section's over here. And I thought to myself, let me call Monica. And I was oh. like, 
Oh. Oh. So then I was like, I don't want anything out of here. Just love. Yeah. But now it's like, it's one of those things now where I go and I get the candy, right? Yeah. So I'm just going to have all the candy. <laughs> so I work a little extra harder on the pole tomorrow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Give me all the sugar. Michelle and I, we, we had such a wonderful time um, attending the Monica's Voice. The, the Is there an official title for the event that it's, I want to make sure um, I get Dark it right? Angel Presents Hidden Treasures of the Loom. Uh, so this was just such a, it was such a beautiful experience. So it was the pole community yeah. coming out and sharing their hearts and dancing and performing. And it was um, everything from vocal to um uh, uh, spoken word to rap to yes. pole dancing and everybody you could tell poured their heart into their performance mm-hmm. and it was just the love and support was really something to witness and I loved so much your performance oh, yeah. to see this just love and light exude from you that we, I, I just knew that you were, you were, you know, you were dancing for her, and yeah. you were, and and the whole room, you could just, the, I yes. felt that love, yes. you know, lifting you up, and really special moment. Is that an annual event? So, and and it is that uh, I had it last year, and it was at the Sheldon, and oh, at the Sheldon, yeah. Okay. So um, we did it first time last year. And then this time around, the that day was mm-hmm. Monica's birthday. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this would be a great time to have a small, intimate setting and mm-hmm. have a show for her birthday and do the benefit for the organization. So I did it for that. So we will do it again this year, the big show at the oh, Sheldon. Good. Oh, okay. And, uh, okay. And this year it'll be on my birthday in oh, September. What, but what's the date for that? September 3rd. Okay, wonderful. Yeah, so well, we're going to do it again. And, and I started thinking about what is it that I can do because... It's it's so so many terrible things happening in our city, right? So mm-hmm. many awful things, and I kept thinking, there's some good here, right? Mm-hmm. There's some there's some really talented people, and there's some good here that we need to showcase. And there's a lot of people with all different types of talents that want to want a voice, want to be able to express it, and that's where hidden treasures came from. Okay, so I always put a call out to whoever you know. Here's what I'm looking for, but it's always going to be my pole community first, yeah, right? Yeah. So it's always them, but it's like, here's what I'm looking for. So the guys that were the rappers are actually Monica's cousins. Okay. Oh, they were, they were yeah. excellent. Oh, my gosh. Yep, her cousins, yeah. and um, one is the best friend of um, the, the younger brother. Okay. So, mm-hmm. uh yeah, so those guys, um, like, it's always going to be those guys because I remember when they were little guys and they were wanting to rap and it's like they, they just want to do it. So it's like it's always going to be them. But it's one of those things where it's like we've got some good things that's happening in our city, some good people. Let's go ahead and show that more than all the tragic things that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Lift lift the yeah. bad up with all the good. Yeah. And then by raising money for the organization, you can still can be of service and help yes. these families and these moms and these dads whose kids are missing mm-hmm. and, and you know, you 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 are you you are give such a gift mm-hmm. out of the pain that you experience daily. Yes. You give like, such a gift to these other families and to our community. So I, I definitely wanna commend you and thank, thank you. you for 
for being as amazing as you are mm-hmm. and and Absolutely. and not turning your back on St. Louis um and when, and other yeah on others yeah. you know it could it, this this is one of those kinds of things it'd be so easy to just just hide within yeah. and um you know and and um you know thank you for being so honest and vulnerable with your story and sharing it um, with us. And I mean, it's just, it requires a great deal of strength and bravery. And, um, but I, I, I believe also in all of the, the good that um, is coming out of you having a voice in, in the work that you're doing. So yeah. thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for letting me just come on and talk, talk my head <laughs> off about it. Because often it's like I have all the, this dialogue in my head about mm-hmm. what's happened, what's gone on, and I don't get to express it much. And sometimes I talk and it sounds more clinical than it's just like, here's direct, here's all the, how mm-hmm. it transpired. But also being able to just say this is how it impacted my family, this is how it impacted mm-hmm. me, and we truly do miss her every single yeah. day, every single day. There's mm-hmm. not a moment that passes that I don't think about her, that I don't miss her, and and I wish it was something that I could have done differently to have her here, but there are just horrible people in the world, mm-hmm. and this is the result of it. And if I can do one thing that will help one family not to have to go through this or not to try and figure out how to navigate all of this, yeah. then then I, my job is done. So we'll have definitely um, have information on our website and on our, like our mm-hmm. social media postings and stuff. But if there's a listener out there that wants to get involved or, you know, has, you know, is confused, I mean, what would be the best way like they could reach out to you? I would say the best way to reach out to me is to email me. Mm-hmm. And it's Regina Sykes at Monica's Voice dot O-R-G. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we'll then make that, sure yeah. to share that. I didn't mean to yeah, interrupt. Because I work with, the, um, I'm a part of the search and rescue team in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we, we're constantly on Facebook, like inboxing each other and, and sharing that as well. So being able to get them as much information as they possibly need to go out, because they actually go out and do the physical searches. Mm-hmm. So um, like and do email you, me. Do you think it's a legislative um uh, issue for us to get more inf- more awareness on the children that are going missing. Do you think it's a lack of funding at the state level, at the county level? I mean, I mean, obviously it's a lack of priority. Yeah. But is it a lack of priority because there's a lack of funding? I, a- absolutely, there is. Yeah. When you mm-hmm. think about, there is not a missing persons unit in any of these municipalities. That that's alarming in itself because what happens is that all of this yeah. goes into one big bucket of crimes against persons, and they prioritize the crime based on which one you know the next one that's coming. Right? Who's bleeding the yeah. the, the most? And yeah. we'll take care of that one. Um, well, you know, maybe there's a legislator or two or three or four or more who are listening to this and has some ideas and suggestions. Right. And, you know, mm-hmm. let's, let's, Absolutely. you know, let's, you know, we've got the Amber Alert out of, uh, out yeah. of a child gone, being taken. Maybe there's maybe some legislation we can, uh, can hopefully uh, right. affect yeah. and, and help, you know, Monica, Monica's voice um, continue on. Well, again, Regina, yeah. you are a treasure. Thank you. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you so much for Thankful coming. Thankful to have met you. 
on the show today. And yeah. um, I know we'll we'll keep talking yes. and keep watching you perform and and um, let's you know, continue to stay in touch. Absolutely. All right. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm not I, sure. Cheers is the right way to I don't end know, this. But let's it's just, just you know, to let's Monica. Just to Monica. To Monica. To Monica. Yes. <laughs>